Welcome. You're listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. There is one other thing about this season that I want to make sure you know that we do a thing during Advent called the Children's Christmas Fund, and I want to make sure that you know about that. There's a link on the webpage where you can go, but it's um, a time that we collect extra offerings that go to support children all over the world, all of our mission partners, both locally um, in Guatemala and in Kenya, all over the place, and so you can participate in that, and I want to make sure that you know about that as we continue to to celebrate the season, but also participate with our friends all over the world. This morning, we are going to continue our sermon series, The Living Nativity, where we are talking about this story that we read in the Gospels about the birth of Jesus, but how does our own story fit into that? And so we're going to look today in the first chapter of Luke. I'm going to read, uh, let's see, verses 39 through 45, but before we do that, let's turn to God in prayer. Let's pray. Holy God, we give you thanks for this day, for this time for us to be together and to worship together. Lord, we give you thanks for your word, for this powerful story that you have put together, that you have, have created and crafted, Lord, and invited us into So God, as we turn to your word, we pray that the words that are read are your words, the words that are spoken are your words, and the words that are heard are your words. And may this encounter with you, God, be so powerful that we cannot walk away unchanged. In your holy name we pray, amen. So I would invite you to listen for the word of the Lord in Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 45. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? Elizabeth continues, For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Friends, this is the word of God. Thanks be to God. So today is already the third Sunday in Advent. I feel like the season is flying. It certainly looks different than other Advents have looked, but there's still been some really lovely things that have happened, some new traditions maybe that have developed. One of them was last Sunday. I hope that you were able to join us for the first ever Roswell Presbyterian Church Festival of Trees. It was a really lovely evening. There were these beautiful trees all around the building that were decorated outside. The choir sang. We gave gifts to our mission partners. We celebrated baby Jesus' birthday. It was probably my favorite thing so far that we have done this season. 
I was so excited to socially distance to see all of you, and so I ran my mouth for so long last Sunday night that by the time I was able to make my way around the outside of the building, it was the end of the night. I'm thinking that the youth who were running the live nativity had maybe gotten a little punchy by then. Because as I turned the corner to see the nativity, I cannot describe for you the sight that I beheld. First of all, you need to know that they were blaring the deeply moving Christmas classic, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. The camels had on inflatable camel costumes, and I think that they were beating their inflatable heads against one another. The angel, I'm pretty sure, was on Instagram, and Mary and Joseph were playing chess or checkers or something. It was nothing short of chaotic. I looked at one of the adult leaders standing near the scene, and I said, hmm, this is just not what I was expecting for the coming of our Savior. She laughed and said, 2020, it's about right. (laughs) She said, she said, honestly, I'm just hoping none of these people standing around here are grandmas who are going to get offended that they might get run over by the reindeer. (laughs) We giggled about this nativity all week long. We thought it was so funny. But honestly, the more I think about it, the more I think that the youth had a really poignant message for us. I think that they were communicating to us in a different way, but communicating to us the same kind of thing that Mary and Elizabeth, that we read about them here. See, the thing is, the the good news of the Scripture is that God does things in an opposite way of what we would expect. God does things differently than our culture would dictate. Our God is a God who regularly shows up where we least expect God to be. Most scholars will agree that Jesus was probably born sometime around 4 BCE. While now, of course, as Christians, we look back and we give thanks for the year 4 BC, the people who lived that year weren't particularly delighted with how things were going. They were even more, I would think, put out with 4 BC than we are with 2020. See, Herod the Great, who wasn't so great, died that year. It incited rebellions of the Jews all over the land, and Rome, in an effort to to squash those rebellions, sent Syrian legions in. The legions burned the city of Sepphoris, which is in Galilee. And everyone who lived there, if they couldn't hide, they were killed, they were enslaved, and they were abused. Nazareth, Nazareth, where Jesus grew up, was only about four miles from Sephoris. This means Mary and Joseph. It means Elizabeth and Zechariah. It means that they would have witnessed this horrific scene, that they would have known people who were being tortured. They would have known the names of the people being killed. It would have been a scary time, and they would have known that the only help The only way to bring an end to Rome's brutal dominion was for God to intervene. So we need to know that backdrop then, that when the angel Gabriel comes to visit this unmarried woman named Mary, 
And in these verses, right before the verses that we read today, this angel Gabriel says to Mary that she's going to give birth to a son, and this son that she will give birth to will be the son of the Most High and Lord God, that they will give him the throne of David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. Not only that, but the angel goes on to say, of this kingdom, the kingdom of the son that you are about to give birth to, that kingdom, there will be no end. See, Mary, when she heard these words from the angel, on one hand, she heard, congratulations, you're going to be a mama. On one hand, she heard the, the fulfillment of those messianic prophecies that you've been hearing in all of your script, in your Hebrew classes. They're coming true through you. But on the other hand, we need to understand that she was also hearing a political word that Mary was going to be part of a, a subversive political plan to address this Roman dominion. And it, it wasn't, the help wasn't coming in the form of this great ruler that was coming in right away to take things over, but instead a small, vulnerable baby from a young, unmarried woman. Mary knew that the societal backlash when people found out would be intense. She knew that she would be an outlier in the community. And yet when we pick up here, she is traveling by herself, by the way, she is traveling by herself to go and see her relative Elizabeth, a relative who was never supposed to be able to have a child, who for years and years wanted to be pregnant and couldn't be pregnant and now has found out indeed she is pregnant. Everything about this image that Luke is painting for us here is surprising. Over and over again, Luke compounds the story with more things that we're not expecting when we think about the coming of the Savior. We are reminded over and over again that God shows up when we least expect God to be there. What a story God is putting together here in the gospel. So Mary goes to visit her relative because, well, we don't know why. Maybe she wanted to go and commiserate about morning sickness and what kind of lotion would help her best avoid the stretch marks. Maybe she wanted to go and congratulate her dear family member who had longed for children for so long and at last was going to become a mother. Or maybe, maybe this news that Mary had just received was so big and so grand and so exciting that she needed to say it out loud to someone. Maybe she needed to ask someone, do you think this is really true? Or do you think I had a dream? Could it be that she needed to figure out, was God going to use her for something so big and so amazing? The question I have then going into this passage is, was Mary going to Elizabeth to look for confirmation of God's word? And if that's the case, then that's my favorite thing about this passage. See, what happens here is that Mary walks into the room and says hello to Elizabeth. And when she says hello to Elizabeth, the sound of her voice, Elizabeth tells her, causes the baby inside of Elizabeth to leap. What's so very cool about that is they, of course, didn't have ultrasounds and baby gender reveal parties back then. So until the woman felt the baby kick in her womb, all she had before were symptoms. 
The kick inside her womb was confirmation that there was a live baby actually growing in there. So Elizabeth, who had longed to be pregnant for so many years, finally, when, when Mary walks into the room and the baby kicks, finally Elizabeth is able to celebrate the affirmation that she is indeed carrying a child. And it turns out she is carrying the one who will prepare the way for the Messiah. She is carrying John the Baptist. And then, after Elizabeth gets this amazing news, she becomes the first prophet in the New Testament. And she proclaims the truth of God to Mary, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. You see, on one hand, we have this poor, young, unwed mother who wouldn't have fit inside the structure of a society. On the other hand, we have this older woman for, who for too long was unable to conceive her own sorrow and grief, as well as the cruel judgment of others in the community who based the, a woman's worth on her ability to conceive. Those things together would have, have made her feel lonely and rejected by culture. So both of these women come into our passage lonely and rejected and marginalized. And each woman came into our passage this morning with this blessed news that's maybe a little bit too hard to believe. But when they came together, each woman received an affirmation that indeed God had been at work that God was doing a greater thing than they could have ever asked or imagined. They, they received from one another an affirmation that God had given them gifts, and they bore the messenger and the message. They were affirmed that the world would be changed through them. So when God shows up here in these, this very unexpected place, God gave Mary and Elizabeth a gift. He gave them the gift of connection and community. No longer are these women isolated, but now they have this connection with one another and a connection that's, that's going to help them to recognize and name the work of God in their lives, to help them recognize that in, indeed God had shown up even when it was unexpected. Someone who would walk alongside of them in the uncertainty of life, someone who would help them understand their very self as valuable and blessed. Y'all, that's good news for us today as well. How many times have we begged God to show up even when the situation felt like it was too far gone? How often have we prayed our hearts out for things to be made right? Certainly, 2020 isn't really the level of tragedy that 4 BC was, but we would still like assurance that God is doing something here. And on top of that, how many times have we found ourselves longing for that connection and community? Certainly, this past year has highlighted for us how very critical community is and how devastating isolation can be. I don't need to tell you how much it hurts when you can't see the people you love, how much it hurts when you go months without feeling the warmth of a hug, and how terrible it is when the best you can do is wave, wave at a loved one on a computer screen. 
the mental health crisis in our world has been catastrophic. And I don't want us to leave this idea of isolation and hurt until we acknowledge out loud how very difficult this particular season that we are in, how difficult the Christmas season can be for so many people. Pandemic or not, we find ourselves surrounded by these commercials and movies of these families. These families, they they come together and they are so kind and supportive of one another. Their favorite thing to do is eat homemade Christmas cookies and they wear matching pajamas and they hug a lot and they are not any sort of dysfunctional. But the unfortunate truth is that those images do not convey a reality for so many. In fact, those images often serve to remind people of the broken relationships that they have within their families. They reminded of the hurtful ways their families have treated them. And the hurt and devastation we feel when we are rejected by someone we love is devastating. And so, y'all, we pray for God to show up because we need that gift of connection. We need a Mary. We need an Elizabeth. For to be loved and accepted is a balm to our lonely, fragmented souls. We need God to show up. This past Thanksgiving, we spent some time with Scott's sister and her family. Scott is my husband, and we spent time with her family, his sister's family. Between the two families, we have four middle school boys and one third grade girl. One morning over coffee, the adults got talking about middle school and how difficult middle school can be for a a person, a human. It was interesting because each of our boys are very, very different. The four boys are all very different, and they're all having these very different experiences in middle school. And yet what I realized is we kept saying the same sentence over and over again. Wait, your kid's having a hard time? But he's so smart. Wait, your kid's having a hard time? He's so funny. Your kid's having a hard time. He's so cute. On and on we went. We we couldn't believe that this, this particular kid would be having a hard time in middle school, that there would be times that he would feel left out or picked on. And we realized in that conversation that the cruelty of middle school is that no one gets to be exempt from feeling left out. doesn't matter who you are. And I've been thinking ever since that conversation, I'm wondering if that doesn't just apply to middle school. I've been thinking, I wonder if that's the cruelty of life. That no matter who we are, there are times when we are on the outside, that we are left out, that we are rejected, that we are marginalized and lonely. How we need God to show up to give us that community and connection. But when we look at that and we think about being left out, there's one more thing that I think that we need to make sure that we say when we're together. It's something that I learned from my dear friend and this incredibly gifted preacher is the Reverend Joseph Howard. And he said there's so many times when we read the scripture or we hear a sermon and our tendency is to align ourselves with the one in the story who receives God's favor. 
For example, he said, we read the story of David and Goliath, and we side with David. We see ourselves in David, the hero. Or we read the story of Moses and the Israelites and Pharaoh, and we don't identify with Pharaoh, but we identify with the Israelites. But, Joseph warns us, we have to be careful because we're not always the hero in the story. So when I looked at our passage today and thought about when he said that, I think that we also have to sometimes acknowledge that we're more like the Romans than we want to admit. Or we're more like that community that rejected Mary than we want to admit. Sometimes we are the ones who are hurting others. Sometimes we are the ones who are causing others to be marginalized. Friends, sometimes we are the ones who are rejecting others. And in those times and places where we are rejecting others or we are allowing others to be rejected, we have to remember that the scripture is clear. It is those that the world considers to be lowly and marginalized and left behind that God favors. And if we are to be faithful disciples of Christ, then we must attend to those who have been rejected. So I would invite you then to sit in the word today. In this beautiful story of Mary and Elizabeth, I would invite you to sit in this word. What is God saying to you? How is God calling you to respond to this? Are you in a place where you need a word of comfort? Are you in a place where you are looking for connection and community? Is God calling you to confess the times and places where you have rejected others? No matter what it is that God is saying to you through the scripture, the scripture is clear. That God does show up in unexpected places. That the plan is for God to be involved in your life, and it doesn't matter how chaotic or non-traditional it might be, that God comes to us in unexpected ways, heals through community and connection, and that God is writing a story that is bigger than ourselves, and the good news is we are invited to be part of that story. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Holy God, we give you thanks, because indeed you are at work in ways that are bigger than we can ask or imagine. And so, Lord, we pray that even in those times and places where we just can't imagine you would dare show up, Lord, remind us that you are a God who indeed shows up with a plan that is big and great and wonderful. So, God, be present in our lives. In your holy name we pray. Amen. been listening to the RPC Sermons podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening.